0: Hello and welcome everyone to uh, Designated Reports Boxing Podcast, Episode 1. My name is Louie, I will be your host. Uh, Today joining me is content manager and my good friend Gene. Gene, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. No doubt. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So, um, I want to have a little bit of fun today, you know, being that it's our first official show. Um, you know, congr- congratulations, excuse me, to both of us. So, you know how um, fighters have a uh, entry song? Yep. So, if you could have an entry song coming into the studio, right, homie? What would it be? What would you wear? Like, how would you be going into that performance? You know what I mean? I mean, my outfit...
1: I'd have to kill them with the outfit, so it would Hold have on. to kind of resemble something that Ric Flair would uh would wear. i would definitely come in with the with the silk robe, you know, Woo! the cigar. <laughs> 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 I know, just crossing over to wrestling a little bit. Uh, and for songs, I gotta go with my man Fifty Cent. Man, if I want to set the tone, okay. I gotta go with Fifty Cent. Many men. Uh-huh, when, man. when, when, when my opponent
0: hears that song, they know yeah. what time it is. Yeah, he might be a little shook. He might uh, be shook. Not, <laughs> Yeah, he might be shook. I'm not going to lie. I think, I think your song is better than mine. I went with something a little more fun and raunchy. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to get to it. So let me create my vibe, right? So I'm coming in with uh, the all black, really dark Kanye shades. Okay. Um, I'm wearing oversized streetwear. I'm rocking my uh, Nike collab with uh, Fear God sneakers that I paid way too much dough for. Way too much dough. You got bread. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. Um and then yo, my fight song or my entry song is uh this is it right here, man. You ready? Let me hear it. All right, I got
1: you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hit it with a left, hit it with a right. Yeah, man, that's so that's what I'm coming in with. That's you what sound what like you want to party more than you wanna fight, though. Nah, I wanna perform. You feel me? You wanna, mean, perform? I wanna perform okay? okay. You know what I mean? So I'm just creating my vibe. And when I come in, it's just my show. And that dude's just a part of it. You know what I mean? I feel you. All right. So uh, let's get a little bit more serious. So today is June 19th, Mm -hmm. um, known as Juneteenth, the official day that slavery ended. And uh, we want to close out the show revisiting Muhammad Ali's story. So, you know, you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Um, so, you know, just a shout out real quick to everybody celebrating Juneteenth. Um, so now moving on to, uh, in boxing news, right? Um, last week we heard that, um, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury signed a two fight deal to fight AJ, Anthony Joshua. Your boy. No, that's my boy. That's my boy. But here's my question to you, because I think we both agree that, uh, Tyson Fury is probably going to win the uh, the AJ fight, right? We both yeah. agree. We feel like, you know, he's 6'9", 270. Um, he can fight going forward. He can fight going back. He's slippery. And we know he can get up from the floor after being knocked down, right? Yes, sir. So my question to you, get your pom-poms out. Get your pom-poms I got, out. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you, right, is do you think Tyson Fury is overlooking The Bronx bomber, Deontay Wilder.
1: At the end of the day, Deontay Wilder is my boy. You know, one of my favorite fighters. Um, I love his story. But if I'm going to have to keep it real, I don't think he's overlooking him. I just feel like Tyson Fury knows that he has Deontay's uh, number. Okay, in the first fight, he was dominating until the 11th round. And he got caught slipping. But guess what? He got back up. For sure. You know, six months later, they fought again and he completely wiped the floor with him. right? So the thing with Deontay Wilder is, is he going to come into the fight? Is he going to have an actual game plan? Is he going to actually throw some jabs? Is he going to work the body? Is he going to step forward? If he doesn't do those things, then it's going to be a a remake of the second fight. Okay, coach. And and at the end of the day, Tyson Fury knows what lies ahead. right? So he's setting up the ultimate payday with AJ, so he's going to take care of business. And would you be shocked if Deontay Wilder won? I wouldn't be shocked. He has that one-hit knockout power. But For sure. yep. from what I've seen the
0: last two fights, I don't know. So um, I'm going to piggyback off of you. So when they went to their second fight, they actually had um, – well, Tyson Fury definitely had a fight in between, and he fought um, a guy who was trained out of Mendez Boxing. Shout out to Mendez Boxing. RIP to, yeah. RIP to Francisco Mendez who passed away uh, because of COVID. So Otto Valine is a heavyweight Southpaw who had mm-hmm. to fight um, Fury out in Vegas, he went 12 rounds and cut his eye open, but Fury still did enough to win. Um, so I don't think he's overlooking uh, Deontay Wilder uh, by any means. I do think though, um, to your point, if uh, Wilder can make some adjustments, whether it's just stepping back and giving an angle, he has the power to totally uh, nullify um, um, Fury. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't.
1: But here's the the thing. Uh, Wilder had a fight before the second Fury fight, and I think that was against Ortiz, and he knocked out Ortiz in the sixth round. And, you know, I I thought going into the Tyson Fury fight that he was going to be well prepared. But look at it like this, right? How many fights have Deontay fought so far in his professional career? About 40, correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, this stage in the game, is he going to change his game around? You are what you are. Nah, you know, that's, you know, that, and that's the issue. Now, I will say this Fury did it, but we know that Fury has the tools, obviously, and the experience to make those adjustments because Fury was not a come forward fighter first. He always showed that he could do it, but his game plan was never 100% come forward, and he made that adjustment. Uh, Really good. Shout out to you for um, bringing that up as far as um, Deontay knocking out Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Um, I and will Ortiz say is a solid fighter, too. Yeah, nah, he's, you know, he's top five heavyweight for sure. Um, I will say this, though. Um, Ortiz was winning up until that point. I would say
1: in the first fight. The first fight, he definitely had Deontay on the ropes up until the six of the seven when he got caught slipping. The second fight, Deontay came out and he was confident. And that's another thing, too, people have to notice about Deontay is... When he steps in the ring and he's not scared of you, he's not afraid of you, he will attack from the gate. He did it against Dominic Brazil. He did it against uh, right when he embarrassed him. But the last two Ortiz fight and the last two Tyson Fury fight, he didn't do that.
0: Yeah, he was a little bit more patient. He was a little Mm -hmm. bit more, you know, I'll say respectful of those opponents. But here's the thing, right? Going into those fights... As soon as you're
1: down four rounds, five rounds, Deontay doesn't have too much in his arsenal where he can come back. Yes, he has that knockout punch, but if you're fighting a smart fighter, he's not gonna give you the opportunity. Tyson will say, okay, let me go out there, win the first eight rounds, and then I know the last four he's gonna
0: be chasing. Yeah, yeah. So we both agree. I don't think he's uh, overlooking Deontay at all. He I can. think the the class of the Titans of the um um of the 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 class of the Brit. All-Brit heavyweight uh, championship will happen. I do think Joshua will get through his mandatory fight. Um, You know, I told myself I was going to get the guy's name. I did not. Shame on me. But uh, it doesn't really matter. So now on other news this week, uh, we heard that Terrence Crawford's camp came out and said he's definitely fighting in September or October, period. Now, they threw out a couple names, Pacquiao Mm -hmm. being, you know, the top dog because he's the biggest prize fighter possible. Um, of course. there was also Kel Brooks, who is, uh, another outstanding British fighter, um, coming out of, um, England. I don't know if it's London or Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a Cuban fighter forgetting his name. And then there was the always, um, formidable, um, Sean Porter out of those fighters. Who do you think is realistically going to get the fight? I think they're going to have to go with Sean Porter. Because think about it like this.
1: Economic-wise, we have the COVID. So just look at the last two ESPN fights. I'm hearing that the ratings are terrible. Obviously, they have no gate. So if you if we're flash-forwarding to September, October, and sports open back up, they want to start off with the bang. And can Manny Pac, uh, Pacquiao provide that bang? He can. But I think, like, real fighters would rather see Sean Porter. And, I mean, pound for pound to me, Sean Porter is one of the hardest boxers to beat in boxing right now oh yeah do. don't get
0: it twisted he's a top five he, he, welterweight for sure dude he when
1: you fight him for 12 he's showing up for 12 yeah and he can mix it up he can box he can slug it out he can punch
0: and he's always well conditioned well His problem be real, is, uh-huh, let's be real if he didn't get dropped in that 11th or 12th round mistake uh correct me if i'm wrong um he would have beaten um spence that knockdown gave spence just those extra few points to get that I, w it, that to me, that fight was going to be a draw. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, that fight would have been a draw. And look at the Keith Thurman, the Keith Thurman fight. I thought was a draw. Yeah, yeah. They, right? He's definitely been on the wrong side of at at the very least getting a draw. Now, but but here's the thing, though. though. Let me let me ask you this
1: real quick. But to beat somebody like Terence Craw- Crawford, you're gonna have to bring that extra ounce of whatever you have inside of you. Do you think he has that? Because you just said that every
0: time he gets the big fight, oh, he never. There's no question. There's no question. And I actually, I'm gonna come back to that, but I do. I want to bring up a point about Pacquiao. So I believe Terence Crawford wants Pacquiao more than anything because two things is gonna happen. One, it's gonna be his biggest payday of his life. Facts. And then two, he is now gonna be able to have more exposure to a larger audience, so that from there on, he can be a pay per view fighter. Um, going forward, so I think his camp wants that fight first. I don't think Pacquiao wants anything to do with Terence Crawford not this stage in his career. Um, you know, Pac- Pacquiao is still fighting top-notch fighters, but he's picking them based off their skill set that he knows he can, he knows he can win as well. So I think it might be opposite, man. I think Pac Man probably has two or three more fights. I think his next
1: two or three fights are going to be like the top top. Top of the, of, of
0: the litter, you know. I so, think so then he not- got it. So who's you got to go Terrence Crawford then? If, if you feel that way, that's you know what, what I'm mean? saying. So, how old is Pac Man now? He has to be what 40 41 41. I think
1: he's 41, yeah, right. He probably has two more fights in him,
0: yeah. For some reason, I think that little crazy dude is gonna fight till he's like 45, 46. I hope not, man. Yeah, I don't want to see I hope him again. I'll be he has a couple more fights, maybe two more years in the game, maybe fight once. Once yeah, and from everything
1: I've read, he saved he saved his money. He's also into politics in uh the Philippines, you know, and he's a, a pretty good businessman. So
0: I wouldn't necessarily yeah, he's also, he's the, also the Congress one of the congressmen there. Um, yeah, man, those are all good points. So I think I think that it's really gonna come down to Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. And I really think that's a 50-50 fight. Um it is. Terrence Crawford is absolutely um, insane when it comes to when you talk about a skill set because this dude can fight the same way orthodox mm-hmm. and the same way from Southpaw, and he has so many little nuances of his in his game that if you're not paying attention, he's gonna catch you. Um, oh totally. I think I think the one dude who's always gonna be paying attention and who's, who's who's gonna be who's gonna have that fortitude is Sean Porter. Sean Porter is a guy who. In terms of his intensity, um, his willpower, uh, his heart, like, it's second to none. His skill set is a little bit lacking because he's actually, in an amateur's. he fought, I think, at, um, at middleweight. So he's actually a heavier guy who's yeah. really fit in his body. Uh, his body composition is what allows him to get into that class and really be competitive. But um, And he's you know, an ugly fighter, man. He makes yeah, all ugly, the fights yeah. ugly. Yep. So it would be, listen, if that, fight was to, uh, if that fight were made, man, I would be happy as a, as a fight fan for sure.
1: Yeah, I'll do backflips. Like, we need it right
0: now. We, yeah, we, yeah,
1: we, we, we need that one
0: super big fight to just set the end of the year off right. And I think that's a good segue into um, some of the ratings were down and people are watching because the last two fights on ESPN, you and I watched that Shakur fight. We touched a little bit on it on that pilot podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, you know, there was a couple fighters who I'm gonna be real, I didn't necessarily necessarily know who they were until I started doing my research. Same here. Um, right. And uh, but to our surprise, mm-hmm. right, we were both surprised when we watched that first fight mm-hmm. with uh Joshua Greer Jr., I think his name is, yep, versus Michael Pelina. I mm-hmm. believe it is. And uh he's from uh he's actually from the same town town as Pacquiao. Yeah, Philippines, yeah. Um Yep. So I, you know, just doing my research, um, I was like, okay, uh, Greer is the more skillful fighter. He has a good pedigree. Um, He has a good team behind him. So I expected to see Greer come in and um, not wash this guy out, but definitely dominate the fight. Uh, Lo and behold, (laughs) our dude from the Philippines had dynamite in both hands. No bombs. was impeccable. Mm -hmm. He knocked this dude on off of his feet in the first round with a lead counter left hook, which is a it's one of the most advanced punches that you can throw in boxing. Shout out to Roy Jones. He was the best at it. Um, what were your thoughts on the fight? Well, the thing about Greer, he's a great young fighter. Um,
1: on the outside looking in, because your analysis, you're more the technical guy, right? I like to look yeah. at things on a different aspect. I think what kind of messed him up is, you know, your nickname is Night-Night. You walk into the ring with okay. a pillow... So, hey. off, so, off rip, everyone is expecting that. Right? So, so, he thought it was a party like I did, right? Right? So, and Deontay Wilder kind of falls into that same trap too, right? Yeah, so, you man, get in yeah. the ring and it's not going the way that you want to. You have to maneuver. You have to pivot your game. And early on, you can tell he was head headhunting. He wasn't really throwing jabs like that. Um, he was throwing haymakers, throwing bombs. And he got caught slipping and he got hit hard, you know? So... um I would love to see a rematch. I want, I want to see more of that uh, Filipino kid and see how, uh, yeah. how his yeah. career matures. But Greer has all the tools. But the thing is, get back in the ring, focus on what you got to do, and do it. If the knockout is not there,
0: just go to plan B. You know, you have to switch it up in there. Right. So remember, in those last couple rounds, he finally figured out how to beat Figured it player. out, yes. Right. Fight him in close because now he can't counter you. And you smother his punches. But for Wait, what it's it, worth, homie was kind of tired. Those last two oh yeah, or three he rounds, he was, yeah, he was gassed. He was gassed. He was you gassed. You know? Um, but I got to say, to me, the more exciting prospect that I'm going to have on my radar is that dude, Michael Palena, man. Like, mm-hmm. he's exciting to watch. He was cocky. His hands were down. He was challenging him. Um, so he's on my radar, man. And if he doesn't get pushed into that top 10 of that weight division, what they were at Bantamweight? Yeah. If he's not in the top 10 because of that performance, man, I think that's a robbery. So look out for him. I know for me, you know, I'm always excited to find new fighters. Um, and then this... It was a, uh, yeah, it was a real good fight, man. I, I was surprised. Yeah, I was actually... I was I was really surprised. We were texting each other. And and in the first round, I was like, oh, we got to fight, man. <laughs> and,
1: um, <laughs> Woo! We,
0: hey, yeah, but we, hey, we, shout out to Gur because he did get back up from those. Yeah, no, he did, 100%. Um, now, there was a second fight with... Um, two guys that were supposed to fight on uh, Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, The um, Come on, what's the names? Uh, Pazada, I think his name is. I'm probably tearing that up. Um, And then there was a dude who fought out of Gleason's in New York. Shout out to Gleason's in Brooklyn. Um, Michael Las Pierre, I believe his name is. Mm -hmm. I'm over here butchering names. So, but check this out. Pierre's camp, Las Pierre's camp, somebody tested positive for COVID. They were the um main event and it got canceled. So whoever's that whoever was that fight before ended up being the main event, which definitely contributed to those uh low ratings that you were talking about. Yep. So um, you know, we, we kind of touched on COVID. What do you think or how did you feel um when we watched that Shakur fight and then the, the Greer and Palenya fight, um, with no crowd? Because I feel that a crowd really can swing momentum in a fight, especially if Somebody's doing really well. They get a knockdown, and I think without that, um, it really takes away from the experience—not a—not only as a fighter, but as somebody who's consuming and watching the fight. Well, watching it, one of the benefits I kind
1: of like with the empty stadiums is you hear everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When when Greer got hurt, you, point, you heard Matthew, that point, point. Right. You heard that punch. When somebody gets hit with like a body shot, you hear it and you feel it. So. With the empty stadiums, I feel like the underdog kind of has the advantage in the sense like, okay, I'm walking out here. It's just like I'm back home in the gym. Um, there's nobody here. It's just me and my corner, my cut man, uh, my trainer, you know, so I can just really focus in. Could you imagine right. if Pelain just walked out and it was M- MGM Grand with 100,000 people, Michael right. Jordan in the front row, Sylvester right. Stallone sitting next to him, yep. and you have the knockout artist in Greer, and Greer will come out knowing that if he catches him one time, that fight the is crowd's over. going to go crazy. Right? So it's yeah. kind of a change in the balance of where, like, sure. okay. Nah, those, un- are, those are yeah. excellent points. No, so the underdogs will come in there and be like, listen, I'm on primetime TV. I have my team with me. I'm not in the spotlight like that. Let me just take care of business. And then everything else will figure out.
0: Yeah, man. I didn't, you know, now that you brought all those points up, you know, I didn't, that didn't even necessarily cross my mind. Um because yeah that the so you have a side and the b side in every mm-hmm. fight right and the a side is the guy who's expected to win and typically they're fighting in a place where um uh, the crowd's going to show up mostly for him so man yeah those are all great points man oh, and yeah. i definitely agree that it kind of levels the playing field um because you know that the home crowd isn't in this dude's corner
1: yeah if if you fight aj and you go to england right and the uh, stadium uh, is holding 100,000 80, people. 80,000. 80, you know, 80,000 fans. Or for AJ, you probably have 20 people in the crowd rooting for you. So now, like you said, all of that is eliminated. Uh, you guys are on the square uh, playing field, and you just got to show up. So it's kind of cool to see it, man, because the, the best thing about going to any boxing gym is watching the sparring, right? So it's like you're back at Gleason oh, yeah. or Mendez or one of these other gyms, and you're just watching a sparring match, but it just happens to be on ESPN.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, So, yeah, like going back to your points as far as the ratings down and we need to see big-name fights, um, lately we've heard in the news that Canelo Alvarez is in talks, his camp is in talks with uh, Caleb Plant, who is a very, very skillful young fighter, a guy out of, I think, Nashville, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. um, long, uh, lanky, um, very skillful, defensive-minded, loves to use his jab, can fight in and out. Um, I don't know if the fight's going to be made, but as of right now, I think that's the number one guy. What do you think about that matchup?
1: Well, in recent interviews, he's been saying very confidently that he is the man at 168, right? Yeah, but so, yeah. He got a
0: lot of swag on and got a lot of confidence. The,
1: on, on the only thing about it is I had to look up who was in 168 and I saw Canelo was there. He has one of the belts, right? Yeah,
0: that's what I was so, telling you. Yep. So any
1: division with Canelo... Yeah. He is the man of that division, For sure, right? for sure. Yep. So, like, Ric Flair always says, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Woo! So, you're you're, yeah, you're calling him out. So, when you get that match, you better show up. Yeah, right? not a good point. He, he's, what, 20 and 0, 12 knockouts, you know. Um, 20 fights really isn't Fact. a lot. Um, yeah, and I kind of went through his resume, and, like, he had some decent wins in there. Um, nothing that really jumps out at the screen uh, when I w- reviewed it. But listen, you're asking for it, so just produce. Just produce when you have the opportunity. But he is a good yeah. fighter
0: though. Yeah, I think that so Canelo really made his bread and butter, or I should say his his moolah, his his money, at uh 147, 154, and then mm-hmm. 160. Yep. As he kind of started filling out, um, and Canelo's still what, like he might be like twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. Yeah. So he's still ridiculously young. You know, he wanted to challenge himself, so he went up to one sixty eight. He went to one seventy five, and then I think he settled at one sixty eight. So yeah, but he wants yeah, Canelo, he wants
1: he wants to stay at one sixty eight. That's from, what I'm saying. But right? Caleb
0: Plant is a true one sixty eight pounder, and that's why he feels that he can say he's that guy there because all the work he's done has been at one sixty eight. So he does have a point to argue. The name Canelo, though, with Canelo's talent and his skill and his experience. Let me ask you this: named- if, if, if Caleb
1: went up to one seventy five and fought, um. The guy that Andre Ward fought twice, uh, Cav- uh, Kovalev. Kovalev, you think he would have won that fight?
0: Um, I think today with his skill, um, he could beat him. Cause Canelo, cause one, Canelo beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Canelo beat him. Cause the thing is, Canelo has not got power in both hands. He can time you, he can counter you, he can fight you. Defense the inside. is phenomenal too. His defense, yeah. It, I mean, woo, after he fought Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, he was like, you know what? I'm going to learn from this dude. Really this is really. That is the greatest loss in his exactly. boxing history because yep. for him, that was a lesson, right? He, he, t- t- he took Floyd's defensive abilities, mm-hmm. he put it into his game. And from there, he's been unstoppable, Unstoppable. Man. And
1: remember, I give him credit because I think he was only 21 at that time, right?
0: Yeah, he was like, he was, man, he was just out the womb, dog. Yeah, so that was like,
1: 2015, if I'm not
0: mistaken, and he was 21 or 22.
1: So kudos to him to, for even taking that. Yeah. Floyd absolutely schooled him, but that was, a great, yeah. that was a great teaching moment.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, now, so let's say, I think we both agree that fight happened. I think it would be, you know, it would be entertaining. I think, you know, capable to have his moments. But ultimately, I think, you know, uh, Mr. Cinnamon, Canelo Alvarez, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the Irish-looking Mexican would definitely definitely take that W. Now, what big-name fighter would you like to see Canelo Alvarez fight? Come on. Man.
1: You might have to come back. You might have to come back to me with that one.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, right now that's the issue. Um, right. Because, because you know, is, if it's at 168, you know, 168 is always one of those weight classes. Where, what about the Charlo brother? Well, that's G- where I was going to go. Yeah. That's where I was going to go. Um, it's either that or it's Triple G. And uh, that's a wanna, story. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's no, a book no, no. I've already read. That's a yeah. television show I've already seen. Yeah, so, I You know. I'm I'm off that, man. I don't want to see yeah, Triple so G thinking, Canelo. I'm thinking if, you know, let's say the Caleb fight happens at the end of this year, if if Charlo um can get um two fights in maybe by next September, you know, I think that that could be the fight uh that everybody wants to see. Um other than that, man, it's, if it's hard. not maybe maybe somebody um at one seventy-five, which I don't think Can- Canelo really wants to be at, uh, it's gonna have to be one of those Charlo kids, or there's is um, there's a Mexican guy named David um, Benadiaz who mm-hmm. is an absolute monster. He's 6'2", 160 pounds, but I don't think that. Um, or or, or, may- wants to be or on maybe
1: if the writing is on the wall, your you dream match out uh, matchup could finally happen
0: between Andre Ward and Canelo. Stop, dude. I would <laughs> I would spend my Next three paychecks to go <laughs> to that fight in the nosebleeds. Dude, just to say I was there. I have a mink <laughs> on layaway since <laughs> uh-huh. 2017. Oh, so I, you know, I would finally have a real reason <laughs> to wear my Fear God Nike sneakers. Man, I would have a real reason to wear right. them. If that um, fight were to
1: happen, because that's yeah, the only—that's the only big name. And like you said, Andre Ward is still young. He's been retired 35. for about two mm-hmm. years now. Yep. And skills wise, he's the only one. He's definitely gonna have to take a, a, a tune-up fight before that yeah, fight probably. happens.
0: Yep, yep. Right,
1: but he can pull it out. He can definitely pull it out. Uh, I'd love to see them fight at 175. But Canelo's the cream of the crop right now. He doesn't have too many opponents that's uh, jumping off the page to me right now.
0: Nah, I mean, I know, I know that you know some people have flirted. With the idea of you know would Mayweather be able to beat him now? Oh I think he's God. just too big. I think he's just too big to even make that fight, man. Listen, Floyd, you stay home, all right. Yeah,
1: make yeah. Make, make a wrap. Keep album doing or what something. you do.
0: Yeah. Keep We're, doing what you do. Maybe I'm, get a fight with McGregor or something like that, but do oh. not touch Canelo Listen, Alvarez. I'm, at I'm all.
1: watching Floyd. Floyd's been working with a lot of young fighters, man, and I like that because he's very knowledgeable. So, I think I like that. To, uh, as a 42, 43 year old, just stay in your lane. You have your health. You never really got hit like that. Um, if you step into the ring with Canelo, you will get hurt. You will lose and you will get hurt. So, don't do it,
0: Floyd. And I love you. Yeah, nah, Floyd, you know, stay in retirement, dude. Yeah. Keep giving that knowledge to the young fighters like That's Devin it. Haney, Tank. Um, I guess, you know, so I just, yo, we, we went, we've been going on for 27 minutes and we have not mentioned Tank. Or Ryan Garcia yet, yo. That's that's something. There's something to be said about that because you know you love Tank, and you know how much I do not really care for Ryan Garcia. I do think he has a lot of talent, but I think right now he's just a social media guy. I love that he got under Canelo, and I think they'll, uh, you know, ma- you know, they'll, they'll 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 bring him along so he can mature in the right manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those two guys have been on Twitter talking this and that, and um, you know, I don't think that fight's going to happen. What do you think? I think that
1: fight's gonna happen in um, in the future, maybe next year. But uh, like you said, Tank is looking to go up in weight. One thing with Ryan, a lot—I should actually say—one thing with young fighters now, I feel like they know what they're worth. So you're not gonna bullshit them around. You feel me? That's a good uh, point. That's Ryan, a good point. Yeah, Ryan is not happy with the uh, zone or Oscar. He actually went at Oscar's head uh, last week, and he he
0: tweeted him like, "Yo, you're supposed to be my uh, promoter, not my hater." So these guys are more popular. Yeah, but he play. learned that from the Canelo camp, right? Because like, yeah. Canelo did the same thing, and so that's the politics of the sport, right? It's like, you know, he was he wasn't happy about getting 200k for a fight, and he know, shouldn't but, be,
1: and he shouldn't be because uh, Shakur Stevenson, I think, got like
0: 400 thousand. Right, um, but Shakur Stevenson has a belt, though, my dude. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, so that's the difference. Like, even if you got a million more social media followers, you don't have a belt, and. You're fighting on DAZN, which is a subscription-based subscription um, viewership, so it's not like you're pulling in pay-per-view numbers at all. So, you know, this dude, I think he's using it um, not to fight without a, without a crowd. Um, I think he wants to perform right now. He wants to look good, so he wants to get cab drivers, as you would say, and uh, get that early knockout in.
1: Yeah, I'm not impressed with his resume at all. Like, fight somebody better. With all that talking, you need to start actually fighting somebody better. But with Ryan, it's 50-50, man. There's some situations I look at it and I'm like, okay, I agree with him. And then sometimes as the fan, you're just like, yo, shut up. We just want to see you fight, man.
0: Yeah, nah, nah, 100%, man. So, look, we pretty much covered, you know, um, we've covered a little bit of history. We've covered some current events in boxing. So I want to go ahead and bring it back to June 19th. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali, if you don't know his story. The greatest. Uh, the, the greatest. Not only the greatest um, heavyweight, but probably one of the greatest boxers and fighters of all time. So um, I'm going to play this little clip to just um, uh, kind of expose what uh, what he was going through at the prime of his career. He was a um, 1960 gold medalist in, in the uh, heavyweight division. He won um, his champion his first professional uh, heavyweight championship against Sonny Liston at the age of 22. Uh, so it was unprecedented. To see him get drafted now I just want to play a little clip um, Just to kind of bring you guys back to time To see what this brother was going through So, here it is
1: My kites just won't let me Go shoot my brother uh, Some darker people uh, Some poor hungry people in the mud For big powerful America And shoot them for what? They never call me nigger They never lynched me They didn't put no dogs on me They never rob me of my nationality for rape and killed my mother and father. Well, I'm going to shoot them for, for what? How are I going to shoot them? They're little little black people, little babies and children women. How can I shoot them, poor people? I'll Just take me to jail. Lee, Ali, more than held his own against students who had a far better formal education than he. I'm saying you talking about me, about some draft, and all of you white of breaking your neck to get to Switzerland and Canada and London. I'm not going to help nobody get something my Negroes don't have. If I'm going to die, I'll die now, right here fighting you. If I'm going to die, you my enemy. My name is a white people, not Vietnam or Chinese or Japanese. You my opponent when I want freedom. You my opposing when I want justice. You my opposing when I want equality. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious
0: beliefs, and you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home. Wow. Wow. Powerful, man. Yeah, I got goosebumps, man. Um, You know, for him to be at the stage of his career on the platform that he had, you know, he... um, he wasn't only fighting people in the ring. He was fighting people outside of the ring because of religion, because he was black. He did it with grace. Um, he still showed many, many different people of color, uh, different than his color of skin, love. Um, Howard Cosell was one of his best friends who was a, who was a white anchor at the time. Um, and I think we can all just kind of learn from this brother's story in the sense that not only was he an amazing athlete, probably one of the most popular people to ever step foot on this earth, Um, he was an even better human being. And I don't think you have to be black, Spanish, white, to recognize that and uh, get some inspiration uh, from that as well.
1: Yeah, man. And, um, you know, just to piggyback off what you said, uh, it takes a strong person at the height of their career to just put everything out on the front line and stand firm, uh, for what you believe. You'll watch these clips of Muhammad Ali and he'll be on a popular TV show with nothing but a white audience and he didn't sugarcoat it, you know. Mm-hmm. He always said whatever he felt and that always resonated to me um, because right now you have athletes who don't want to take that stand. But I'll, I'll, not really, but right now, you're seeing it more right now with someone like Colin Kaepernick. But for many years, athletes, they were just happy to take a paycheck and go home But for Muhammad Ali uh, to do that, again, he was one special guy. Um, He's the greatest on and off the field. And, you know, God bless him.
0: I'm so happy you brought in Colin uh, Colin, um, um, Kaepernick. Kaepernick, yeah, thanks. Um, Because a lot of people thought that, you know, what he was doing was irrelevant at the time. And tomorrow marks the 53rd year in which Muhammad Ali was convicted of draft uh, evasion as a mm. felony and like you said he was banned from boxing for three years mm-hmm. um he had to pay ten thousand dollars he ended up not going to jail but it was supposed to be a five-year sentence uh his lawyer uh, appealed and they ended up winning a few years later um so yeah man i think that it is in tune with the times and what's going on um socially right now and uh you know everyone just you know, think about your family um, and and love everybody, whether they're black, white, Puerto Rican, Spanish, yellow and alien. It doesn't matter. Learn from Muhammad Ali. Um, we want to thank you um, for joining in on today's episode. The first yes. episode of Designated Reports Boxing Podcast. My name is Louis. Uh, my co-host is Gene. Thank yes. you so much. And tune in next time, please. Yep. And you can find us on every streaming platform, Spotify,
1: iTunes, Anchor. And Soundcloud. Have a good one. Play a proposition. Hot Nixon. This one. For all the sick ones, infliction, poison,
0: dark sickness. That's the leaf finger.